You're listening to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. Destroyer? I hardly even know her. Hello and welcome back to Spandex Power Armor. Oh no, it's Godzilla. Oh, no, it's just a Godzilla episode. Oh, yay! So, oh, yay, Godzilla? Yay. I yes. guess. It, it's a good series, we like it, it's okay, there's no need to be afraid. It's not 98 Godzilla, you're fine. Yeah, but we're really supposed to be afraid of that one. I mean, he couldn't even step on a guy properly. That's a lot of fish. That is a lot of fish. That was a lot of fish. Which is odd, because Godzilla's typically a radiovore. Yeah, I mean, couldn't you have just, I don't know, made something that smelled like a lot of fish? There's a your mother joke in there somewhere. Not my mother. Whose mother? <laughs> it's Nick Tartopoulos' mother. Just have her open her legs and... <laughs> Nick Tartopoulos. What is that, like some kind of Greek name? I like to think that Matthew Broderick thought of it when high off his tits. Milo Tartopoulos. Actually, no, <laughs> wasn't it the name of one of the producers? Maybe. I think so. I remember watching the um, uh, the uh, commentary for it for, for some reason. And like, one of the producers, like they chose it because no one could pronounce his name. And that's where the whole, oh, you're tup a dup a dup of this, right? That kind of running joke of no one being able to pronounce it came from. I like to think that after Godzilla 98, Matthew Broderick's career just started spiraling and roles started dying. And I like to call it the Nick Totopolis career necropolis. <laughs> what about the Nick Totopolis career apocalypse? Ah, true. <laughs> I mean, he did marry Sarah Jessica Parker, so you're not wrong there. Yeah. Either one is accurate. And so anyway, this podcast is sponsored by TakuToyStore.com. Please check them out. They've got a whole bunch of pre-love material in there now. They've got a bunch of old Zords from Power Rangers and mm -hmm. a lot of pre-love stuff, actually. It's a bunch oh, yeah. of new and used and... Just, if you can get use out of it, it's still good collecting material. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Harkens back to the old car boot sale days of old, when you'd oh, scrounge, constantly looking for good stuff. And never quite finding it, because it's all on Toki Toy Store. Buy their stuff. So, as we said earlier, it is a Godzilla episode. More specifically, how do you get into Godzilla? And the answer is simple. You watch a film. But more specifically, how do you, as a person belonging to a certain demographic based on your interests and hates, I guess... What would be the best for you to get into Godzilla? I mean, assuming if you're listening to this, you're either new and wanting to, or you're an existing fan and you're like, well, sure, let's pretend I want to get into this. Well, the first thing you do is you get your Laserdisc player out, and then you get your Laserdisc collection. Then you take out a Laserdisc and you put it in there, and then you just start watching it. Wrong continent. Those are going to hold their value, right? Oh, I mean, I've got a bunch. I mean... It's all right. I've got all the show films on Betamax. Oh, okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one then. We can still sell these, right? <laughs> yes, and along with the Beanie Babies. Oh, good. This massive value. These things will uh, definitely hold their value for, for eons to come. Yes. Actually, I think um, I think in the early days of the Toku fandom, a lot of what we got was from Laserdiscs. Quite depressing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've seen like... the I mean, Actually, have you seen the O-Ranger um, covers for uh, for the Laserdisc things for like some of the movies? Oh, I haven't. Some of the art is actually pretty decent. I like it. Hmm. Share it some laser... Oh! oh. Ah, uh, tangent alarm. Crap. Okay, so let's get on with the show. Uh, so as we said, it's to do with your real personal tastes. Um, generally, as a rule of thumb, if you're into tokusatsu, you can probably tell what you like from another um, property from what you like from ones you already do like. So if you like a, if you like Showa Ultraman or something like that, you're probably going to like Showa other stuff. They do translate quite well, because they were essentially all the same thing. They were riding on the same hype. Well, you say all Japanese shows are the same. Yeah, I'm... Uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit TV-ist. TV-ist. And movie-ist. I thought better of you. No, uh, yeah, like we said. Um, so, yeah, I mean, generally, if you like something like Ultraman, you'll like anything with Baragon in it, because you're going to be seeing that suit a lot. 
But what about the newbie? What about the normie? The guy who has lived completely away from Tokusatsu? Who knows nothing of whatever the hell these Japanese men in suits are doing? Vaguely remembers Power Rangers and a couple of memories from his childhood, but says, Okay, what should I watch in order to get into this lizard man who is stepping on cities? Hillary Clinton. <laughs> the other one, the radioactive one. Vladimir Putin. Yeah, screw it, why not? How do I get into Vladimir Putin? I mean, what would you suggest? Do we go into Showa Putin? No, you go into the White House. <laughs> Christ's sake. <laughs> God. Anyway, no. So, as a complete newbie, would you recommend the campiness of Showa, or the serialised nature of Heisei, or Millennium, or how would you see it? Well, to a newbie, I'd say normally leave and after that i recommend the millennium series really because if you're a, if you're a newbie and you've got no real I mean, if you're a complete newbie to tokusatsu the millennium series is probably the best one to go for because it's uh it is the special effects are uh, a little bit more polished and that's a uh, big um big hump people need to get over sometimes for godzilla movies um the action is it's often a lot more serious for the most part looking at you final wars Oh, definitely. The high production values can seem to attract mm. an outsider a lot more. And I think that also includes fans of Animo and Mango who are trying to get into the whole live-action thing. Millennium's level of polish definitely mm. makes it more attractive for a new person. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, uh, the one I got into was uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, and that's the, uh, like I said on the, in the first episode, that's what got me into the movies properly. I mean, I was already open to watching them, but that was just the first one I found. And I would generally recommend that to most first-time viewers. Oh, definitely. The writing is fantastic, mm. and it really sets a bar for what you'd expect in terms of quality. Yeah, plus it also has callbacks to um, older films, stuff like that. It So it kind of, I don't know, gets you more interested in the idea of previous installments in kaiju movies. Now, another hypothetical demographic slash straw man argument that we're mm. about to charge into with our discussion-based bayonets is the fan of old movies, the guy who loves the 50s, the 60s, the sci-fi, the old stuff. Yeah. It even includes the old Doctor Who fans, because screw it, all sci-fi of that era was the same. <laughs> it was slightly grainy footage of a man running through fields, and at the end there was five minutes of a man in a rubber suit. And don't forget the corridors. Ah yes, the corridors. And, and the sound stages they spent five hours on. For those people, I'd recommend Showa, simply because it's got the camp appeal, it's got a few serious episodes... I mean, it includes a lot of Toho things, as in we were watching the Mysterians earlier, and it still held true to a lot of the things relevant in Godzilla, hmm. and most old-school sci-fi. And so a lot of things translate. There's the usual campy plot of something from space, or some bollocks, and a mad scientist who's been doing something with radiation. Earthmen, we have come for your women. B-movie fans would love the old Godzilla. Partly for, well, there's some films are just bad and campy, yeah. others are good. If you're in, yeah, absolutely. If you if you like classic sci-fi, the Showa era is definitely for you. And if you genuinely like good old movies, then the first one is definitely a good place to start. Ah, true. That's a different introduction to the franchise. So instead mm. of going for the more upbeat, colourful ones, you can go for the dark, serious nature, which has been the subject of so many essays. Oh yeah, I mean, if if you're into artistic movies in general, I would definitely recommend the original Godzilla. It's got a lot of subtext, so it's got a lot... It's not just a monster movie, it's really, like I said, it's very artistic, and it's very far removed from pretty much any other Godzilla movie that came before it. So I would, 
I'd actually uh, lump the original Godzilla into a different demographic than just the uh, classic sci-fi one. I mean, art house hipsters. Well, now you just make me feel bad about my own personal tastes. But yes, it is basically art house hipsters. Come on, there's the cultural significance. The original Godzilla had made its presence known... Today, it's still in the zeitgeist. People mm. know what Godzilla is. It's like, okay, big reptile stomping cities, breathing atomic fire. And that's about it, really. The general idea is there. Yeah. And so it's just, well, there's always that curiosity. People may eventually get into it that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got into Godzilla exactly that way. I realized that, hang about, I know about Godzilla, but I don't know anything specifically about Godzilla. And I just started reading about it on Wikipedia and I got into it from there. Oh yes, that's one way to get into Godzilla, just read all the Wikipedia pages, well, then mean... read the wikia pages, then go to Toho Kingdom, <laughs> and then go on the forums and claim you're an expert on everything. Oh man, oh, you went on the Toho Kingdom forums as well. No, I stayed away from that. It's a crazy place. We all have to have that baptism by fire going through Toho Kingdom. Well, it's just what you do when you're a teenage nerd, I guess. But since this is the information age... Everyone can easily get the information from Wikipedia, so that's also one way to get into Godzilla. Find the film you like by looking at the wiki. It's also the worst way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. It's, it's absolutely horrible. Film. You've got to watch things, look at message boards. You can't simply get it from reading a wiki article. <laughs> Another demographic that would probably enjoy the show of films are MST3K fans. Oh, definitely. That ties in so well, because I think Versus Megalon was riffed on Megalon the show, right? Megalon was definitely riffed. I'm not sure if many of the others were. Megalon don't, definitely don't was. I think they were, but a lot of the Gamera films oh, were. Oh, yeah. And so people there would be very familiar with the giant monster movie genre, and it's just going to be a bit jarring to them that, hang on, we have to think our own thoughts and taking <laughs> the pee out of it. And the, I think the new series did uh, Reptilicus as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that could definitely pull more people into old school Tokusatsu. Oh yeah, I mean the um, oh, the um, the uh, the villains in the, the Mads in the new MSC three K. They have a bunch of minions, and they're based on um, minions from Super Inframan, I think it is. Oh wow, that yeah. is cool. That's a nice little. Uh, so yeah, they're definitely aware of old school Toku. Now here's one: How would the Heisei genre fit into an entry level for people? Because the first one in Heisei, which was the Return of Godzilla. Finding the original Japanese cut, that might also fit into the artistic bunch who are fond of the significance, because, hey, it's a return of a cultural thing. I'm not talking about the American version, but rather <laughs> the original cut, and just, that can sort of do it. You're saying that Dr. Pepper isn't good enough for you, is that what you're saying? Yes. The next thing you know, you'll be saying that Krispy Kremes isn't good enough for you. Is Pepsi okay? Was the Holocaust okay? Oh, tangent alarm! Saved! Saved! Do not Saved. question my brand loyalty. <laughs> Seriously, Do you have any Krispy idea Kreme. how much I get paid for this? <laughs> Nothing. Yes, and I do it. I do it proudly. Anyway, the significance of 1984 Godzilla was great. If you're into the original Godzilla, you definitely get into that. Hmm. But things sort of trailed off in Heisei because they tried to go for a serialized route. And I'd say if you're fond of something with a long overarching plot, then maybe that might be your thing. I wouldn't exactly say overarching plot, more like a recurring plot. Ah, true. Literally just Mickey Sagusa and that brother from the one guy from Godzilla 84. Yeah, it's the adventures of Psychic Bird and some other guy that everyone forgets. But they all tie in, Godzilla goes through many phases. I'd say you need some degree of, um, I don't know, foreknowledge of Godzilla to properly enjoy the yeah. Heisei series. I mean, I got, into, I got into Heisei after I watched the Millennium films, and um, I still wasn't exactly completely uh, up to speed with what was going on, because back when I got into the Heisei films, we still couldn't get versus Bailante or uh, 84 because of... Um, licensing issues. Oh yeah, we could only get it on a barely translated Chinese laserdisc. 
Oh boy. So yeah, I was stuck with um, oh, what was it that was after Bailante? Was it um, versus King Ghidorah? I believe so. Yeah. So I was uh, with King Ghidorah to Destroyer, and I yeah, there was you can still pick up what's going on. They because they explain the references back to previous films pretty decently. Like uh, Bailante went into space. There's some footage of a spores going up into space, and that might have done it. By Japanese plot standards, it's pretty tame. Yeah, yeah, there's no... Uh... Though it seems that 84 aside, Heisei isn't really the best introduction for a newbie because they'd find it quite weird. Y- yeah, I mean... They try to weirdify the plot a bit. I mean, you could still do it. I mean, like I said, it does explain the references to previous films, but I just wouldn't recommend it. I mean, we, all, we both know what the core demographic for Versus Bailante is. Dentists. Oh yes, dentists. This is the fanged tooth monster I drew in my dreams. It reminds me of my mother. This is Bailante. She's my original character. She's got lots of teeth and she's made from a rose. I like to think he originally submitted that to the 80s My Little Pony stuff. (laughs) And he was really, really disappointed that the idea of a radioactive (laughs) half-reptilian fang beast would not really be accepted. Actually, I'm sure I've seen, you know those custom ponies they do, the the old ones? They like um, add that... I don't know, kind of modelling stuff and paint over it. I'm sure I've seen a Biolante version of it. Pretty sweet. Oh, wait, are we talking like old school? Oh, yeah, we're talking old school oh, stuff. Oh, so not the new weird looking things. No, we're not talking about the weird. Like the big chunky ones. No, no, yeah, I'm talking about the old ones that look really weird. I mean. The big chunky ones with doe faces. They look like Moomins, like quadrupedal Moomins. Mormons? Mormons? Mormons. Mormons. Um, my little Mormon. My little Mormon. Elohim is magic. <laughs> No, like you know what you mean. Those like those Moomin trolls. Those like big, oh those, yeah, those little the hippo yeah, things. Wiggle, um, yeah, yeah. I thought they look like albino clangers with a uh, like a a bee sting allergy. Oh yeah, <laughs> clangers who ate bees. <laughs> oh, hang on, take this. Yeah, we got the little um. But no, hey, say not the best if you're a new starter or trying mm. to get someone in who is a new starter. Yeah. I mean, for kids, it's fine. Kids can be dropped in anything and be like, oh my god, that's really cool. Because they uh, don't care much for production values. Explosions, they've got monsters, yeah, I'm down to clown. They won't care about a puppet on a string. What they want is, like, the plot or the pretty things. And I think, yeah, to be honest, anything's good for the kids, as long as you don't yeah. show them the creepy ones. You mean, uh, you mean Godzilla's Revenge? Well, I was thinking, like, the disturbing stuff in 84 or anything. Just stuff with weird imagery. But sure, let's avoid the psychologically damaging crap fest that was all monsters attack. I still never forgive you for showing me that. Yeah, but you had to, boy. It was part of your right of manhood. The uh, the 2014 uh, Godzilla movie is also another decent one if you're, if you're a, a back uh, guy, as I believe the kids are calling it these days. Filthy Western spy. I'd completely forgotten about Godzilla 14. I completely forgotten he was in that. I just thought it was the adventures of... Yeah, there we go. See, I can never remember his name. Ah, uh, Marine Dude. I think you remembered it in one episode. One episode, and I was very pleased with myself. The adventure of um, Brian Cranston's son, and Ken Watanabe is also in it sometimes. Yes, with CGI and Godzilla on roids in the background. I, I would recommend it as a good entry point, because it's Western, and it's up to people in the West standards more. There's a Godzilla film, it really isn't anything to write home about it's an average godzilla film it was enough to build up a bit of hype about a sequel and oh, yeah. they've shown that things in the universe can still be well made like look at kong skull island yeah. actually skull island would be a decent entry point into yeah. godzilla films because it does have hints towards godzilla and stuff like that 
and because of the quality of the writing, it makes you aware of like the whole monster thing, and eventually you'd become more curious as to the source material. Oh, it's yeah. actually, do you think that they'd end up marketing the old Godzilla films a bit more? It's like, you know how we have Super Sentai releases now, so you've got Shout Factory releasing yeah. them, because it's like, hey, I remember Power Rangers. If the MonsterVerse kicks off well, do you think that they'd re-release some old Godzilla movies? We'd even expect them in the UK, probably. (laughs) If only. (laughs) You expect to not have to import it and wait months to get it from America. I just want my childhood to happen. You fool. You fool. Ah, yes. You weak, hopeless fool. Now, if I were um, if I were anyone who held any kind of distribution rights to an old Godzilla film, I'd be I'd be cranking them out a bit more. You know, I mean. I think they have been. I've been seeing more of these. Um, I think it's, I think it's Prism Entertainment doing it. I think I've been seeing more of them around recently. So sure as hell ain't Chayo. But okay, as an entry point, MonsterVerse. Yeah, MonsterVerse would be good. I'd say definitely I'd say, up to Western standards. Mm, it would go MonsterVerse, then Millennium. Yeah, I'd say. That's a good way of kind of easing them into it a bit, you know? Although there'd obviously be a discrepancy because, hey, Western writing, Western values, but they'd know of the idea of Godzilla and various monsters, and so they'd be sort of fine with that. Oh, yeah. And they'd probably appreciate the campiness. Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, they'd probably appreciate more Godzilla screen time as well. Actually, do you think there'll be a bunch of hipsters who are like, no, I don't watch the MonsterVerse. I watch the original ones with subtitles. Oh, yeah, they're called weeaboos. <laughs> well, I know, you know, not not weeaboo ones, just ones who are like, they're not weebs, but they just watch Godzilla, but just somehow have some fervent belief against MonsterVerse for some reason. Yeah, they're somehow diminu- <laughs> it just It's like the blanket term of weeb. No, no, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I don't think Godzilla holds that much value to those types. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, if it was something like Seven Samurai, did Seven Samurai even have a dub? They didn't need one. Yeah, I know it didn't. All you needed to know was that there were Seven Samurai. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need any dialogue, you just... Well, it was remade. One Samurai, two Samurai, three Samurai, or four Samurai, five Samurai, six Samurai, or... Seven Samurai? Oh, oh, that makes everything different. Whoa, it's a good thing it was remade as a bug's life. You know, you know, I was, I was expecting you to say Magnificent Seven. Yeah, all right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, it just wasn't what I was expecting. Well, never what you're expecting. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. It's it's got the exact same plot. Guy looks out, finds outcasts, sort of thing. Yeah. The Bug's Life is now Tokusatsu. Yeah. Didn't Kurosawa want to direct a Godzilla movie? Probably, I wow. Think, I think so, because he and Shiro Honda were good friends. I remember reading somewhere that um, Kurosawa said that he really wanted to direct a Godzilla film, but just never really got around to it. Can you imagine that? Like, That would have been fascinating. That would have right? been on par with 54. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kurosawa's cinematography alone would just make it an art form. To be honest, Kurosawa could have done Godzilla 14 well, like made it a really compelling human story with monsters in the background. Oh, he yeah. could have made it like this story of a man's search for his wife and child to keep them safe while this apocalypse is happening. But instead we got G14. So now we know who we're going to use our um, necromancy on next, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll get the runes. All right, I'll get the uh, I'll get the goat. I'll get the shred of Ishinomori's afro. <laughs> That is a talisman by which we uh, practice all our black magics. It's the only way to go into the spirit world. You have to roll it up and smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) He had that much weed in his lifetime. It grew from his head. 
just kind of infuse itself permanently to his body. Snoop Dogg wants to become him. <laughs> Snoop Dogg is having some sort of steel ball run thing where he tries to find Ishinomori's corpse <laughs> so he can become ultra high. <laughs> but anyway, we've also been forgetting the most recent entry into Godzilla. Shin, or Resurgence, or the attack of Brisket Man. Oh boy, uh, that's... Uh... You have to be very um, selective, I think, about who you show that to. It's um, it's very, very divisive. Very slow moving. Um, well, kind of. It goes for long periods of time with um, human action taking precedent over monster stuff. And while I complain about that a lot with uh, Godzilla 14, that's because the characters aren't very compelling in that. You only have two compelling human characters, and that's... Um, that's Walter White and uh, the guy from um, that geisha movie. Was it Diary of a Geisha? Oh yeah, yeah. The one film about Japan. Yeah. Oh, that or Last, Last Samurai, but uh, I don't think Ken Watanabe was in that. Mm. Tom Cruise was. Yes, because Tom Cruise is Japanese. Didn't you know? Well, that wasn't it based on an actual thing, but he wasn't as prominent as the film made him be. Like some kind of um, was he Dutch? Probably Dutch. Mm. Wasn't it the Dutch that were the only ones allowed in Japan at that time? And even then, it was like one portion of a port city. Pretty much, yeah. And the Japanese also went to Holland. Actually, did you know that around that era, they were still wearing that funky hairstyle with the shaved head? Oh, yeah, and they... Yeah. And basically because they were quite culturally unfamiliar with everyone else. And so they went to this play in Holland, I think a couple of Japanese guys, and they didn't take the hats off in the theatre. It's like they're inside. Yeah. And people advised them to take the hats off, so they did. And they revealed this hairstyle and everyone laughed them out of there. Oh. Just because it was so silly, bless them. It is a silly haircut. But anyway, back to Shin Godzilla. It's very human-focused, but yeah. the quality of writing and the enjoyability of characters make it worthwhile. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got a large cast, but a very compelling cast, I find. Actually, do you think that G14 would be a decent entry for Shin Godzilla? <laughs> well, if you like humans talking with monster in the background, you'll love this. It's got good humans talking with monsters in the background. Uh, I've, pre I've pretty much thought now that Anno is just the second coming of Kurosawa. Just came back a bit nutty. Oh boy, that's uh, it's a good thing we don't have more listeners, otherwise... otherwise be <laughs> oh, that's heresy, that. yeah. There's going to be death squads coming after me. I'm going to be getting pig heads in the post. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I wouldn't recommend Shin as being an entry point because of how well, different it takes, uh, differently it takes the ah, source material true. of Godzilla. It's very dark, very morbid. Oh, not only that, but the origin is different. Like um, Godzilla isn't a dinosaur; he's like a, he's more like Destroyer actually, because he's like a some kind of microorganism that was exposed to illegally dumped um, nuclear waste by the Yanks off the coast of Japan, and then he just kind of goes through these metamorphoses. Is that the plural of metamorphoses? Metamorphoses. Metamorphoses, yes. Yeah, and much like Destroyer, like he starts off, you just see the tail of it, and then he's this this weird yellow thing, then a redder thing. Like Charmeleon a bit, and he becomes you know, the uh, the midget armed behemoth we love today. Donald Trump. You know what? Trump's going to find out about this, and he's going to make a tweet responding to it. Uh, yeah, Godzilla versus Kalfifi. And those losers at Spandex Power Armor. My hands are the biggest hands. They're huge. I got the hugest hands. This is a very old meme. Hell, I think Kalfifi is old by these standards. Oh yeah, there's more hands joke come from like the eighties, didn't it? Like someone. Was it someone from Playboy who did an interview with him? And then. <laughs> no, it wasn't Playboy. I mean, that's uh, saying more about me than anything else. I think it was. Careful, Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> I have the articles. Oh, 
And tangent alarm. Right, so Shin Godzilla, not a good entry point simply because it's too different. I mean, it's a, it's a good film, and I think I think if you want to watch a good film, Shin Godzilla is a is a film you can watch. But if you're looking to watch Godzilla for the first time, get into it. I think Shin Godzilla will maybe warp your expectations a bit, a bit too much. Yes, I'd say Shin would be best for the arty crowd. Those yeah. who want to see a quality Japanese film. I mean, one with the CGI that doesn't look like ass. Well, that's the best part of it. The CGI is pretty decent. Is it weird that I think Shin Godzilla looks tasty? Well, he looks like a giant walking brisket. I think. I mean, in each one of his forms, he just looks like food. Just. <laughs> I think you're a bit hungry, aren't you? A little bit. At some point, you're just going to be hallucinating. I'm like some talking chicken drumstick. Shin Godzilla's final form is basically the, sa- the same shape as the chicken drumstick, just upside down. Oh yeah, you're right. Man, he has got some thick thighs, some extra thick extra thighs. Thick. So the serialized nature of Heisei and Shin Godzilla probably a no go, really. Like even if you came in through G14, it's probably best to stick with Millennium. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. Unless you're starting at the '84 film. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, if I were to, if I were to now give my overall recommendation, I would probably say maybe GMK, maybe um, against Mechagodzilla, watch those, then maybe watch a couple more um, Millenniums once you're into the, um, once you're into the zone, once you kind of understand how things go, then go back and watch some of the Showa ones or 84, then the rest of the uh, Heisei stuff. That's how I'd recommend it. I mean, I'm not your boss, I can't tell you what to do, I'm not your dad. I am, son, you're watching versus Ghidorah and that's an order. Because you just give orders to your kids. Does that one have less screen time than G14? I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, at least Anguirus is in that. Oh, actually, that reminds me, did you hear about um, Godzilla Heritage? I did not. Well, it was a fan film, I think it was called Heritage. Yeah, yeah, Heritage. It was a fan film that had been kickstarted. Kickstarter Red? It's a Kickstarter Red 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 Totopolis. He begged? Yeah. He begged, yeah. Hipster welfare. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were working on, like, this, the, the monsters of CG. I think Anguirus was in it. And um, Toho got wind of it and said, you were, uh, it's a nice Godzilla movie you got going on there. It'd be a shame if someone were to shut it down. And they didn't shut it down, actually. They Hallelujah. were very reasonable. Uh, reasonable. <laughs> they were very reasonable and said, well, you know, you're making a film out of our thing. We'll We'll let you keep doing it, but here are... Uh, some guidelines we'd like you to stick to and basically it was like you can't call it Godzilla like you can't call the film Godzilla come along within a certain amount of time it's definitely not feature length because our lawyers have really small bladders and we want to get it done in one sitting so we can sue you after it's finished uh, it can't the budget can't exceed 50,000 I think um, you, and you can't release it to the general public either it started okay but then it just got progressively more evil you say that, but this is their property. True. They're not doing it. They're not doing a Nintendo and completely shutting it True. down. You know, this isn't like another Metroid Two remake. They're allowing them to continue, but honestly, I, I completely agree with Toho. It's being they're being very reasonable. They could buy rights. Say, nah, none of that. None of that. No, but they're thank not you, saying sir. they're letting them finish it, but they're making sure that it can't be exploited to their detriment basically they're letting them finish it and showing it they're letting them show it to backers people who have a personal stake in it Ah. financiers of it wow so that's completely reasonable they can have it they can't uh, they can't sell it either that kind of thing honestly someone's probably going to release it someone's going to probably going to leak it I I don't know honestly I think Toho's getting a lot of crap for this and honestly it's not ideal but at the same time these people were 
breaking the law a bit. This is not a property they have the rights True. to. Still, I'd like to see these things shown at cons. There was a, there was a wonderful yeah. Batman versus Alien and Predator one. It was yeah. like five minutes long, $30,000 budget. It was pretty good. Oh yeah, I think those were. Uh, I think that kind of thing was self-financed. Now, I mean, so yeah, I think I think there's a big oh, true, difference because you got people funding it. Yeah, if it's self-financed, then it's more of a hobby thing, you know, that kind of thing. If it's if you got financial backers and stuff like that, I think it broads into a different kind of territory. Then what would the room come under? The room is special. Um, I don't think we. Is it technically Takasatsu? I think with Tom Rousseau, all things are possible. <laughs> And there we go, that is indeed the tangent alarm. To summarise what Ranger said, start from against Mechagodzilla, whoever you are, except if you're some arty person, then watch 54, 84. Oh, in which case, I probably hate you. And if you get into it from Shin, things aren't going to be as weird. Anno is just a very interesting person. Well, you say things aren't going to be as weird, but then we've got versus Hedora, so... Yeah, but still, you may notice this episode is shorter than our attention spans, <laughs> and this becomes something of a little special. There's nothing to worry about. The next one, we'll make it five hours long to spite you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we, we could milk this episode for all it's worth, but really the whole bulk of the whole point of the episode has already been achieved, so don't hate us too yeah. much. Just, by all means, haters. Watch Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. If not, we'll find you and we'll make you watch it. We know all of you. We know where you live. Especially you, well, I mean, Steve. There's only five of you watching, so... You yeah. know. <laughs> Except for the times when we did have, like, 50. There was, like, five people doing it ten times. It's like, I love this. I'm going to watch it ten more times. Those were the days. But, <laughs> the good old but, days. But for you other lovely people... We love you. We'd like to remind you this is sponsored by TakuToyStore.com. Check them out. They've got loads of things. They've even got lock seeds and switches from Forze now. Oh, yeah. I think they're drowning in them. I like to think the elves replenish the stocks overnight. <laughs> That's why it's so cheap. Jeremy doesn't buy them in bulk. <laughs> he just wishes to elves. <laughs> no, they're, like, they're like coat hangers. They just breed. <laughs> what, he steals them all from hotels. Have you never been to a lock seed hotel? Oh, yeah. Those weird Japanese lock seed hotels. A bit fruity for my taste. But anyway... This has been Rex, signing off. Stay fabulous. Keep on riding, folks.